Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and the head coach of Canacuck Camps, Joe White. Thanks, Shay. Can't wait to be back with you again and to be back with our friend, Adam Donier. That's right. This is this is part two. We uh, we launched an episode that many of you guys have probably listened to, Discipleship, Recovering from the Loss of a Father. And we scratched the surface on a couple stories specifically that Adam started to share. And we just decided, like, they're so engaging, they're so inspiring. We wanted to dig deeper and and glean more from those stories. Joe, you know, you've been a big fan of Adam for a long time. Tell me what is it that's, that's stirred up in you in regard to some of these stories that we want to go deeper in? Yeah, Shay, um, I met Adam in Boise. We were doing a Promise Keeper event, and it had to be the Lord because of all the things that have happened since. But out of 10,000 guys in that arena, Adam came down to my dressing room after I spoke. He and I had connected somehow. Uh, and as soon as I looked him in the eyes, I just, you know, I knew that I needed to be, you know, in his life. And it turned out, as we saw in the last broadcast, that uh, that Adam really had never had a father who was active in his life. And he was he was looking for a father figure in his life. And I was blessed to be able to, you know, to invite Adam down to Canacuck, where we just fell in love. Uh, and he allowed me to 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 take that, you know, a role in his life. And, uh, you know, basically our family adopted Adam and has been one of the greatest things that's ever happened to my family. So Adam goes along to refuse uh, these coaching jobs. Everybody wants him to go coach their basketball, their college basketball team. And he always tells them when they ask him to go, he goes, I want to work with kids. And he wants to stay around Canicuckley and work with kids. Well, he ends up building this incredible linkier program where high school kids from all over the country and even around the world come in and take a year between high school and college to grow in their faith and leadership skills so they can go to college with their feet on the ground, ready to lead, not follow. And then he built these two basketball teams with the same purpose to take these kids from the from inner city, you know, urban kind of situations uh, who have D1 promise, go play places all over the country and spend a year with Adam going deep in their faith while becoming better basketball players. And so it's been, a, I don't know, Adam, 20 years, how long we've been together as a, you know, adopted father, adopted son. But the things that God has blessed you with um, have just been, they've just been awesome, Shay. Adam, tell us your side of the story of that Promise Keepers event. Yeah, if if you've ever heard Joe speak, you, you just know how magnetic he is. And I'm coming off of college classes that week of listening to Ben Stein, Clear Eyes, all day of professor psychology and biology. And then you hear a communicator communicate in a way you've never heard anyone in your life. And so obviously I'm just compelled to meet this man that just rattled off every Jesus name in the Bible and building a cross and bowed up and talking about sports, which I love and, and going through all his 
crazy critters and it and i was just i was just floored i just remember like i probably uh, visibly had my mouth open like i've never been that engaged in a lecture or any type of speech in my life like and so I, probably the holy spirit and it just said you need to go you need to go meet that man like there's no way i'm gonna be able but i'm gonna try and so snuck by, met a guy named Mark Thompson. It's like, Hey, I got to meet this guy. I can't tell you why I got to meet this. And so a guy named Mark gets me back to his locker room and, and Joe's back there. And, and we just, we just hit it off. And then I just said, Hey, I would love to stay in touch and think, thinking there's no way this guy's ever going to write me. Like he's a big time speaker. He's traveling every weekend. Like I write him letters and he starts writing me letters back, which, which like was the coolest thing ever because you know, that father wound is being hit by a guy that's taking interest in me. And then he starts telling me about these camps and the rest is history. I mean, literally, literally, this will be summer 19 out at K2. So, I mean, it's just, it's just insane to reflect back and think everything God has done since then. So Shay Adam comes to the Kennecuck Institute where he grows in his faith tremendously. Um while he's studying at the Institute, he memorized the book of Ephesians, book of James. You know, we got excited about memorizing scripture together. And then rather than going and taking another college job, he has another offer. He says, I want to work with kids. So he goes over to a little high school near Branson, down called Hollister, and he starts discipling the high school kids over at Hollister. Many, many, many broken homes in that school district. And Adam becomes a father to the fatherless over there. And then one day... As, as he's helping out with basketball, he's walking down the hall and he meets a great, big, wonderful kid named Dave. Yeah. It, it, you know, what's fun about this story too, Shay, is, is Joe, when I finished the Institute, was helping me up with some job interviews. And he actually got me an interview with a, a church down in Arkansas. And I went interview and I thought it went well. Uh, and then they got back to Joe and they told him why they didn't hire me. And they said, well, we just felt like he was an inch deep and a mile wide. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and so. Couldn't have been uh, further from the yeah, yeah. So I, w I was like, well, that's a bummer. That's what they got out of me. And so instead, Joe connected me with a ministry here in town, which involved Hollister High School. And I said, forget that. I'm going to be a mile deep and an inch wide. And so I just narrowed in on basketball because I knew the basketball language. And so I'm, I'm go to this school and I start coaching and walking the halls and going and doing lunch Bible studies with these kids and hanging out and taking them after school and working them out and doing the whole bit. And then eventually I bump into Dave, as we alluded to in the previous podcast, and He's just enormous. He's a mountain of a man. I mean, Hollister is just a little, I think, 3A school. And so you don't see a lot of 6'6", 250-pound men walking down the hall. And so I thought, if this kid can even catch a ball, he's going to help us immensely. And I just started getting to know him. I remember the first time sitting down with him in the in the dining hall at lunch saying, hey, why don't you want to play basketball? He goes, well, no one's ever talked to me about basketball. I'm in the band. I said, that's awesome, but you can do both. You can do basketball and you can do the band. And, and I said, hey, I'll tell you what, if you come out for basketball and you make it just one week, I'm going to buy you a brand new pair of Jordans. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he looks up at me like, man, this guy really making me a deal. And as serious as a face as you can make, Shay, he goes, I don't want Jordans. I want Reeboks. 
He wants Reeboks. <laughs> yeah. So I said, man, I'll get you 10 pair of Reeboks if you want to come play basketball. So he comes out for basketball. And he, I mean, he, had a, he was a long way behind. But this is sophomore year, mind you. Um, and he doesn't quit. So I, I stay in this young man's life all the way through his sophomore year, all the way through his junior year, all the way through his senior, ups and downs, grades. and But to see him come to life, it, it, it's unbelievable the way this young man just came to life. Ends up escorting the homecoming queen. Um, Didn't I, you teach him to drive too? Yes, this? yes. I, 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 we got his driver's license, which, which was probably the, the most terrifying experience of my life, um, being in the car with him. But yeah, we got him his driver's license just just a lot of stuff that that dad wasn't around to do for him that, that we got to do and so um and you know, he's you know jv's he hitting like 20 30 points a game yes yeah, so, so he i mean you got to realize he's he's six six playing against a bunch of kids that are five eleven six foot so he was dominating the jv level and he had some success at, at the varsity but at the jv level level yes joe he was dumb but what was so cool to see was this shell just break? Like, mm. like this kid that just has all this confidence because there was, there was a couple people in his life just saying, hey, we believe in you. You can do this. Mm. Shay, as a kid, he'd gotten beat down his whole childhood. Kids bullied him. They threw rocks at him. You know, they put him in special ed. That's, that's how Adam had to scrape this young man off of the pavement of self-image and bring about this student of the month, homecoming king, you know. I mean, just, I mean, he literally became a brand new person. Personality galore now. I mean, just fabulous personality. Married as a child. Adam, tell tell the listeners about the interaction with his dad and just kind of how— how that piece played into the story. Yeah, you know what's really cool about this story, Shay, is walking and mentoring and processing him caused me to look at a lot of my own wounds. And so when he was coming up upon graduation after three years of discipling him, I asked him what he wanted for graduation. I thought he was going to say a PlayStation or an Xbox. or, And he looks at me and just says, I just want my dad. I want my dad to be at graduation. Uh, whew, that's a tall task. And and then it started causing me to dig through some father wounds and, and reconciling some hurt and bitterness towards my own dad and and process us getting to a healthier spot. And and so I'm sitting there thinking like, man, this this young man is influencing me probably far more than I'm influencing him. But I was determined to get this guy's dad at graduation. So his dad lived in Jackson, Mississippi. He hadn't seen his dad for, I don't know, nine, 10 years. And so I put some gas money together and I drive down to Jackson, Mississippi, right in the hood of Jackson. And I go into his dad's house and I put this video clip together of his son the last three years of games and just different things. And I just told him, I said, your, your son would really love it if you could make it for your graduation. He goes, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have the money. I don't, I don't think I'm And I just told him, I said, Amos, I'll cover everything. Like rental car, gas, like what can we do to get you at his graduation? We just want to get you to his graduation. And so I, I didn't ever tell Dave that I went down there to meet with his dad. I didn't ever tell Dave that it was a possibility that his dad would come because I didn't want him to get his hopes up and his heart broken again. And so none of that was ever communicated to him. And so the day of graduation, his dad gets up here. 
And his dad's over at the, yeah, his dad came, his dad's over at the King's Quarter Hotel here in Branson, Missouri. And I go pick him up and I go, come on, I got a surprise for you for graduation day. He thinks we're going over to Best Buy or Walmart to pick up a PlayStation. And uh, I, I drive in and his dad is sitting in this sweet mustard colored suede suit just waiting for his boy. And we walk into that hotel lobby and just both of them melt. Is that right? In each other's arms. And then now I'm, now I'm sobbing because, you Oof. know, my own my own father wounds. And so I'm sitting there watching them just hugging and embrace in this hotel lobby and just uh, both of them crying. And, and, and when, when, when he walked into the lobby, I kid you not, Shay, he, he, he sounded like a three-year-old when he looked at his dad and it was a, daddy? Mm. Like, oh, it, oh. It, it, it just, it, it wrecks me thinking back um, to that moment. And how powerful it was, and it and it rekindled the relationship between the two of them, and and they still stay in touch to this day. And he's gotten to meet David's baby now, uh, Shauna, and yeah, it's just oh, just amazing what God did with that story and the impact it had. What did stir up with with your dad? Where are you guys at right now? Yeah, so we we there's been a lot of reconciliation and connection, and now me having my own sons, he's he's gotten more involved. I got rid of a lot of bitterness, right? Just there, there's so much bitterness I was call, uh, casting onto him and uh, just have forgiven him for and just have refused to go back there with anybody. And I would tell you the relationship with my dad is healthier than it's ever been. Um, would I love him to see his grandsons more? Yeah, absolutely, I would. Um, but I, I think I've opened the invitation for him to make more of an effort, and he has. And so, and I think all that was spurred on from from Dave and and the stuff that my dad and I had to work through, and some hurts that he had, and some hurts that I had, and and it's not easy, right? Mm. Reconciliation is not clean, and it's not easy. But I feel like my dad and I are in a better place today than we've ever been, mm. and I'm thankful. Uh, and I think it just keeps getting better, and I'm I'm hopeful that it continually gets better. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of running down a tangent and I'd actually like both of you guys to answer this question, but you know, a lot of times you're in a situation, a counseling situation where you know the best thing for the person you're sitting across from is if they could forgive. Right? Because if they could forgive, it would mean their own freedom. How do you help get somebody to the point where they can forgive? Yeah, she um all of us have been hurt. Uh, we've all had people hurt us. We've all hurt people. We've all struggled. We've all fallen. We've all sinned. Uh, and, you know, just to be honest with everybody, you know, right out of college, uh, I was married in college, and everybody knows this story that knows me well. But my first wife was a wonderful person, a wonderful person, very much in love. I've been married 14 months. But, uh, but she fell in love with my best friend. And, um, you know, honestly, I've never blamed her, you know. I mean, I, you know, I've just, you know, um, you know, I mean, marvelous guy, just a marvelous guy. And I'm sure she saw in him things that she didn't find in me. Uh, there was no adultery or porn or alcohol or any of that kind of junk. You just, you know, had, had found in this man that we would double date with, um, you know, something that she wanted more than she found in me. And I've never blamed her at all. I've never blamed him at all. But... Uh, 
But the hardest thing for me wasn't forgiving her or forgiving him, was just forgiving myself for mistakes that I had made. Because, you know, I look back, I wanted to blame everything on me. And I'm sure, you know, I could have been a better spiritual leader for sure. I could be more careful with her, you know, knowing her better and more careful with her emotions and so forth. There was so much I could have been a better husband uh, and not so into Aggie football where I was coaching or not so into recruiting for Canica where I was recruiting. You know, I just blame me. And so when I was able to go before the Lord and forgive myself, and to realize how great Jesus' love was to forgive me for all my shortcomings and horrible choices and mistakes growing up, then it was easy to forgive them. I would I would agree with Joe. When we understand how much we need forgiveness, uh, and truly understand how much we need Christ's forgiveness. I think that's in a place to where we can extend it to others. Right, Ephesians 5 uh, says that at the end of the chapter, like, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave us. I, I think that's so powerful that those two things are put together, that we need to forgive other people, understanding that, hey, God forgave you through Jesus, and you and I didn't deserve it. So it's not about whether or not someone deserves our forgiveness, but the fact that we're forgiven through Christ on the cross, and we don't deserve it. So how did you get there with your dad? I saw my sin on the cross. I, I saw what my, my bitterness is what put Jesus on the cross. My anger is what put Jesus on the cross. Um, and and I, I realized that, that I held this key in my bitterness, and I was in my own cage, and I and I had the key to get out. Mm. No, no one else was going to turn that lock, but it was me releasing that bitterness, and, and through Christ's power, uh, it was it was all it was all Jesus, Shay. It, it was all Jesus, and um, understanding how much He's forgiven me of all the dumb decisions I made in college, all the pain I was to raise as a child, all everything I'd done. As far as the East is from the West, Jesus forgives it. And I'm like, how could I have the audacity not to extend that forgiveness to someone else when Jesus lavishes me with his forgiveness? Shay, isn't it interesting how uh, as Adam poured into Big Dave on a day-by-day basis, you know, he was with Dave five, six days a week, training his heart training his self-esteem where it became Christ's esteem. Yes, training his basketball. But Adam became the father figure that Dave never had. But in pouring into Dave, and this is the beauty of disciple-making, call it whatever you want, but Christ called it disciple-making, is that everybody gets healed in the process. You know, last night I met with a couple of groups that I'm, you know, pouring into. And, and I mean, it's highlighting my week. It's highlighting my month. Every time I get a chance to pour into these high school students or college students or adults uh, that I get to meet with regularly, uh, I, you know, I walk away understanding forgiveness better. I walk away understanding joy better. I under, walk away understanding peace better. It's, it's, you know, pouring into others is literally, literally the key to happiness in life. And that's why Christ said, hey, greatest commandment, love God, love others. 
if you if you know if you don't do it for anybody but yourself, you know you, you get to live in happy land and joyful land, even though the world around you seems to be crumbling sometimes. Mm. So good. Yeah, you know I think a lot of times we want forgiveness to just happen, especially when you're in the counseling role, right? When it's not your pain, you're just like, well, you just need to forgive him. <laughs> and forgiveness is a supernatural gift. And I'm, I'm reminded, speaking of Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 18 and 19, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened to the hope of your calling. And, and I would say that too, like in some of the darker seasons of my life where I've held bitterness or anger against people, it's, it's required like a spiritual revelation to be aware of, of you know, my, my condition my sinful nature in order to give that. In fact, I, this is kind of random, but I, I had a I had a really hard time forgiving somebody who hurt me and a bunch of other people in my life. And I I knew the right thing to do. And I was like, like, and I would even say it with my mouth, right? I would speak it out loud, you know, I forgive him, but it wasn't genuine and it wasn't for a lack of effort. And and it happened to be, I don't, I don't know. I think God, it was just God's grace to get me there. One night I had a dream where I, I hugged this guy and in our dream, I was like trying to push him away. And when he finally got his arms around me, I like melted in his arms and we both started weeping in this dream. And I woke up and God got me there. He got me there. And I, and I've, and he has been forgiven ever since. And so I, I don't know. I think I just want to drill down in this. Maybe somebody's listening right now who's having a hard time forgiving. Hmm. And, and I think I just want you to hear like forgiveness is God's thing. And, and I think we've pointed you in the right direction to look at your own sin in the mirror. You know, Lamentations 3, I think it's 39 and 40. It says, uh, who is any living mortal or any man to offer complaint in view of his own sin? It says, let us return to the Lord. Let us examine and probe our ways and let us return to the Lord. And man, I just want to, I want to give that encouragement out there. If there's anybody sitting in some bitterness and I have a hard time shaking it off. So good. There's freedom and forgiveness. Well, you, you, you know you are. If you're sitting in bitterness, you know you are if you're turning to porn or you're turning to cutting or you're having thoughts of depression or thoughts of anxiety or thoughts of suicide. Those things are just leaves on a tree. But way down deep in the soil that grows that tree with all these horrible fruits that are rotting, anger, hatred, addictions of all kinds, you'll go down into that soil and you'll find somebody more times than not that you're bitter towards. Often it's your daddy or maybe an ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend or your mom or somebody who intentionally gossiped about you when you were growing up, or maybe they're gossiping about you today. And if you're feeling unrest in your soul, in your spirit, and you're feeling in a sickly kind of a way unrest, go to that person, even in your 
quietness of your own pillow and before the Lord and go to the core of that root of bitterness and forgive and you will watch those other things that are going on in your life, they're rotting. You'll watch those things melt away as the roots of your tree start going down into the soil of faith and love and unconditional regard, even for the ones that have hurt you the worst. Interesting that a discipleship conversation found its way into the topic of forgiveness. That's the way disciple making goes. Isn't it? Yes. I mean, that's what it's all about. That was Jesus's purpose. That was his mission. The heart of discipleship is forgiveness. I think that's the title for this podcast. We need to write that down. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and wrap it up there. Donya, thanks for sharing the story. I mean, clearly we, we kind of felt prompted to, to dig in deeper. And I got an idea that God's got somebody that he loves dearly who wants to put this message in their heart today. And so we just want to thank you. Thank you to our listeners who... Uh, are listening with us and, and engaging in the truth of God's word. And we just pray that it's a blessing to you. We pray that it puts uh, wind in your sails and, and uh, feeds your I'm third approach to spiritual growth. And with that, we'd love to pray for you. Father, we just come to you today with uh, a thankful heart that you're a forgiving daddy. Thanks, God, for looking past all the ugliness and the mistakes and the failures and the rebellion and seeing a little boy or a little girl that you love dearly and that you know intimately and that your heart is to forgive and restore and redeem, Lord. And we thank you for that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Mm-hmm.